This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Uh, we are going to be monitoring the situation in Eastern Europe with Russia and Ukraine as it stands now. Russia is claiming that they've disabled Ukraine's air defenses. Uh, we're also going to be keeping you up to date on all of the events today that our radio station is doing commemorating Black History Month, in addition to uh, my discussion with a real pioneer and a real hero, in my judgment, Victor Glover, the uh, uh, the astronaut, in the first hour, uh, John Katsimatidis, our owner, is going to kick things off officially on the Bernie and Sid show once that show starts at 6. But for now, I'm very, very excited because we have been rejoined by the wolf. That's right. It must be a full moon because Bob Wolf has emerged. Bob Wolf is a wonderful guy with one of the finest voices in all of radio. He is uh, he almost defies description, but he could be described by some as a college and career skills readiness trainer with something called hope skills, which we're going to get into in just a bit. Bob, it's great to see you again. Well, it's nice to hear you make such complimentary comments about a wolf. From Long Island. Right. It's great to see you as well. And your facility is a very different facility than I was in the last time. That's right. Uh, you, you it was to, a closet. The last th- time. That's, we've come a long way in the course of, uh, of a year. You've grown. You are a wolf in Bob's clothing. Now, I think the last time that we spoke, it was last winter, and you were on your way here. And from what I remember, did you get a flat tire on your way here the last time or something? Um, I had a problem with the vehicle I was driving, yes. I and, see. And... Um, the apparatus in the car that said technology was working wasn't working. <laughs> um, so when technology works, it's fine. When technology doesn't work, it's not so fine. I had a flat but, tire driving back yesterday, so I can empathize completely. I know what that's like. Yeah. Did you end up parking in the area where it says no parking Thursday? Uh, I did what you said you to did. do. You did. Okay, good. But I'm, but I'm a reader of signs, and when <laughs> I don't want to be going to a police station and, and – Maybe we'll go to we'll go together, right? They'll get a two for one deal. Now, well, as long as the bill is paid for by someone other than me, it's fine. <laughs> All right, um, we have seen the last two years in schools, uh, not just in the Northeast but really around the country, be very much a culture shock for parents, for teachers, for students, especially for administrators. In your view, uh, not only in terms of the educational cost, but the uh, cultural, sociological costs. How damaging have the last two years been for students and everybody else that I just mentioned? Well, they've been very damaging for lots of different reasons, but one of the problems that the kids have had is the fact that technology is putting out more products every day requiring use of a screen. And the kids today are looking at more screens. For example, there was a survey done for 12- and 13-year-olds about a year and a half ago where they looked at the uh, non-school time, screen time, for 5,400 12- to 13-year-olds. And in 2020, it was 7.4 hours a day. Wow. So 7.4 hours looking at a screen, not as part of school. Non-school. Then they looked at 2017, and they said, well, what, what was that same group of kids doing in 2017? It was 3.8 hours. So we have doubled the amount of screen time these kids are spending. Now you add in the fact that it's three to four hours a day in school when they look at screens in the classroom, whether it's on their phone or a tablet or whatever. And you've got almost half the waking hours of these kids looking at a screen. The damage that it's done to them emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, 
socially is incredibly difficult to even quantify. Now, of course, academia, academia is all about quantification. If we, if we can't measure it, we don't test it. So the skills that these kids are suffering in called social, emotional skills or soft skills, and whoever decided to call them soft needs to be looked at carefully. So tell folks, you know, I love the emphasis that you place on the so-called soft skills because right. there are so few politicians, educators, administrators, education advocates, children advocates that make championing these skills uh, their emphasis. And yet that is so often what employers are looking for. What is it exactly that you do and how did you get into this area of, uh, say, hardening people's ability when it comes to the so-called soft skills? I got into it 21 years ago working out at a gym working with young guys who had gone to college, graduated from college, couldn't find a job, didn't know how to prepare themselves for an interview, didn't know how to interview, didn't know how to write a thank you note to someone who helped them out. Uh, I took common sense and just said to myself, maybe there's a way to help some kids learn certain skills that they're not being taught in school. So I started I started HOPE, the Students Bridge to Business, and I applied for a trademark on HOPE, Help Other People Excel for Education, Training, and Motivation, and got it. And uh, like Nathan Hale says, I am but one man that's trying to do something. I'd like to form an army because right now we've got kids out there using a term called soft skills and educators using it, but having had no chance to understand how to measure it. So what are these these so-called soft skills? Um, well, I define them in five different categories. Initially, let's look at it this way, Frank. There are five skills we all need to have in life to do anything. One is academic skills, and everybody has them in one form or another and can get them in one form or another. The second is technology skills, and we've got them coming out of boatloads and screens and in tablets and in phones, etc. The third is set of skills is experiential skills. What have we done in our life? What have we done in part-time jobs or what have we done at home? What kind of hobbies do we have? So we have academia, technology, experiential then we have um, financial capital skills. Where do we get our money from? How do, we, do we work for it? Do we borrow it? Uh, do we get loans? And the last set of skills that I looked at as probably the number one skill set is people. You see, I look at it this way. We have those five skills, but I call them resources. We all have resources to draw upon in life to become effective. And those are the five resources. And then I thought to myself, what is the one resource that we all have in every job we have to deal with, we have to meet, we have to earn support from, we have to work effectively with. And that's people. That's the only resource that's the same. Technology, oh, it's got different formats. Uh, not everybody's got the same academic background, but everybody today must be involved in meeting, earning support from people. So my skill set was built around the fact that if you don't know enough good people in this world, you can't be effective. I'm here because of people who I've known for a long time, saying something about me to somebody else who said something to somebody else who said something to you probably six or seven years ago. And, you and, know, um, I, that is true. I, you I, you first came to my attention. You were referred by uh, Gary Krupp, who right. I know through John Katsimatidis, our owner. Right. And this was long before he was our owner. And right. uh, we we've, uh, were able to develop a relationship that way. And I can't tell you how many relationships I have that were all a byproduct of some version of that, of what I just described. Well, 
I, I put together some theories and concepts, and one of the things that I like to tell kids and adults is you can't know enough good people, and you never know who they are and when you're going to meet them. So you need these basic skills that I've put together. I call them HICA skills. I try to come up with a clever name, and HICA is a clever acronym that people – what's a HICA skill? H-I-K-A. H-I-K-A. Uh, human interaction, knowledge applied skills. And these are the kind of skills that we use every single day of our life when we meet and deal with people. Human interaction is part of what we do every day, unless we live in a closet and we don't have a job where we ever have to see people. And there are some people, I guess, who have those kind of jobs, but that's not real. Then the knowledge that we have, and we've accumulated that knowledge over our lifetime, we have to apply it. So what skills do you need to do that? Well, there's five of them, and they build on each other, and they're basic. They can be taught to any student. Any student can learn them. Uh, Any student can um, practice them because all it takes to learn a skill is practice and training, any kind of skill. So let's look at them well and really quickly. First, First impression skills. We make a first impression with people every single day. I walked in here and saw the young man outside with his with his crutch and his foot in a in, in a cast. And I was going to ask him a question. He was going to say, he said, he said don't ask me. I've been asked too many times. <laughs> so we, I made a first impression. I said, no, I promise you I will not ask you. So first impression skills are skills that we use every day. We smile. We look at people. We say good morning. We say hello. That's the introductory skill set that says to somebody, hmm, I'd like to learn a little bit more about that person. So the first is interpersonal skills, is first impression skills. Then we have interpersonal skills. And people said to me, but Bob, all of your skills are interpersonal skills. Except that there's certain ones that are very, very critically important and basic. One is common courtesy, common sense, politeness. Right. Those skills are more interpersonal than, say, juggling, right? Uh, well, extremely so. But, but people have a hard time saying to me, but Bob, but, but everything you do is interpersonal. Well, I also use acronyms. My acronym for the word KISS is keep it simple and specific. So when I started to work with these kids in the gym, I said, okay, your interpersonal skills are common courtesy, common sense, being polite, not being rude, being respectful. Um, And they said, oh, I see. So that's the second set. After that, you go from first impression, interpersonal. Then you go to communication skills. And there's five ways we communicate, Frank. We communicate Speaking, listening, writing, physical, and emotional. And they look at me and they said, really? That's, of course, there's five ways you communicate. I don't have to say a word to you, but if I write something to you Mm -hmm. and I write a thank you note to you, which I've done many, many times, you might say, if you've never met me, who is this guy that just sent me a note? As a matter of fact, my cardiologist, his uh, woman who does his uh, uh, office management, got a note from me about two weeks ago because she did me a favor and when I called her up, she said to me, Bob, why did you send me that note? I said, because you did something to help me. So I, communication is such a multifaceted skill set. You can't just put it into one lump sum. So after you go from communication skills, then you go, well, what do you do? Why do you make a first impression? Why do you have interpersonal skills? Why do you communicate? Then you look at presentation skills. And what are you presenting every single day? What are you presenting yourself every single day? Who you are, what mm-hmm. you do, what you believe in, your, 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 your theories of understanding, the way you treat people. So after I got those four skills, I said to myself, well, why do we really have those four skills? What, what, why do we matter if we make a good first impression? Why does it matter if we have good interpersonal skills? Why does it matter if we know how to communicate? Why does it matter if I can present myself 
with a nice, yes, and thank you for the compliment on my voice. I do appreciate it, but I recognize the fact that we all have a unique voice. And if you know that, that product called Smucker's Jam many, many years ago, Smucker's Jam was an unusual product, and they had a guy that did voiceover work for him because the voiceover guy couldn't get a job by anybody. They wouldn't ever hire him because he was like, Smucker's Jam is the jam you can't believe it. The guy that owned Smucker said, you know what? I want your voice with my product because it sounds like my product should look. Is we all have a unique voice. The question is, how do you use it? And why do you use those four skills in the first place? The last skill that's necessary is selling skills. So in school, and I want to delve into maybe how some of these lessons that you've tried to impart to students can be applied to adults as well. But in school, over the last decade especially, there has been a tremendous emphasis as we want our students to compete in the international marketplace on STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math. In your view, given what it sounds like was uh, paying not enough attention to uh, skills like communication and interpersonal skills, has the emphasis on STEM education by policymakers and educators alike, has that emphasis been misplaced? I'm not sure it's been misplaced. I think it's misunderstood into thinking that if you don't take one of those core curriculum mandated courses, um, you're not going to be a successful person. I don't know whether you're aware of it or not, but the trades today are growing dramatically. Academia has no interest in discussing trades. Uh, you know, it's so funny that you say that. My wife, uh, we just had a, a baby three months ago. And ah, she, congratulations. She, thank you. She asked me the other day, you know, if Carmine ends up becoming a plumber, <laughs> how would you feel about that? I said, are you kidding? I think that would be great. And I proceeded to mention that same thing about how uh, in demand uh, – Plumbers, electricians, carpenters, tradespeople are now. And I would I would say if he's left with a choice of a career as a plumber or a radio talk show host, I know which one is much more likely to give him an opportunity to pay his bills. I find it very difficult, and I had a really difficult time when I started this program, getting anyone in education to even allow me to use the word trade and apprenticeships. The fact of the matter is... Um, you're an educated person when you're a successful plumber, metal worker, woodworker, uh, carpenter. But you need the five skills I just talked about because you need customers. Right. And you need referrals. And you need to be able to earn a living by having a reputation that people say, wow, you got to get a hold of Bob Wolf. He is one dependable person. If people are just tuning in, we are talking with Bob Wolf. He's the founder of Hope. You can learn more about Hope, H-O-P-E, at Hope skills.com that's hopeskills.com bob getting back to the education situation mm-hmm. how badly has remote learning over the course of the last year and a half or so hindered children's development of interpersonal skills well uh, it's a great question uh, and i've done several presentations over the last two years uh, virtually i've been zooming uh, and uh, one thing about a uh, presentation um, if you look at communication as numbers, 10% of effective communication is words, 30% is sounds, and 60% is body language. So if I'm giving a Zoom presentation and the people on the other end of the presentation don't have their cameras on and I can't see them, 
And you I don't know if they're fidgeting. I, or... I know they're not paying attention because mm-hmm. they're kids. And if I was a kid at that age, I wouldn't be paying attention either. The fact of the matter is that um, you have to get. I gave a, my Zoom. I gave two presentations in November. One to uh, Malloy College student athletes in person, and the other to Adelphi student athletes virtually. And the kids from the virtual presentation said, "Wow, you don't present like everybody else." You see, I believe you've got to present the same way. I have to see the same energy level, the same enthusiasm level, the same content level. And my body language, I, I'm sitting here now in a chair and I'm moving around. People that, can't, that are on the radio can't see that. But that's how you have to be when you make a virtual presentation. The problem today with kids is they're looking at the screens and they're looking at all their technology and they're not communicating in those manners at all. In your view, it is very possible to balance STEM education, science, technology, engineering, and math with the interpersonal skills that oh, you emphasize? It's not possible. It's essential. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, uh, when, when you consider the fact that three of the four, three, today three out of four employers say they can't find graduates with enough soft skills to hire. That's no matter what they're looking to do to earn a living, what kind of jobs they're going to have. And the reality is, whether you're in science, technology, engineering, and math, don't you have to interact with people every single day? Uh, that's for sure. Have we seen, because of increased screen time, because of no emphasis on the kind of skills that you impart in school and in wherever you, wherever else you impart them, have we seen a, a generation of people entering adulthood and the workforce that's unprepared with the kind of skills that you're emphasizing? Terribly. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a quick story. Very dear friend of ours just left the position as a high executive of the bank, and before she left, she was interviewing a young woman from a very, very well-known school, great credentials, great marks, and she walked into the interview and very attractive, dressed very well, sat down, and uh, had the conversation for the interview. All of a sudden, my friend hears something, and the the a applicant leans over and picks up a phone. Oh boy. And takes the phone and says, no, no, excuse me. I, I can't talk to you right now. Oh, no, no. boy. I'll, I'll get back to you. And she puts the phone down in her purse about three seconds. So then she looks at my friend and says, okay, let's continue. So my friend looked at her very nicely, maintaining her cool. She said, continue. There's the door. Continue your way out. Mm. And the applicant couldn't. She was incredulous. She said, what do you mean? She said, how dare you bring a phone on? And then you take the time to interrupt our interview by answering it and saying this, as she said, you don't understand. So what's happened today with kids and young adults, because what they learn as a child and as a high school student and as a college student, it's a habit. A skill set that's effective in life is a habit. I want to encourage folks to check out the website, hopeskills.com. They can learn more about what Bob is doing. Give one or two, and we're very limited in time here, and I hope you'll come back. Give one or two pointers for people listening in our audience, adults, in terms of improving their own hope skills, their own HICA skills, their own interpersonal skills? Uh, the, the thing that I encourage adults, and I've talked to a lot of parents about this, is model the skills, model the behavior, model the way you want your children to act and behave. Uh, we have two sons, and I've got friends who've got kids. Uh, their kids know how to behave because mom and dad do. And unfortunately, I've got some friends who are teachers who've got young children. 
And they've said to me personally, Bob, I'm busy at home. I'm working from home now. When my kids are in my hair, I just give them a tablet. Mm. And when you give that kid a tablet, you're giving him permission to use it anytime, anywhere, any, in an, in, under any condition. So adults have to realize is they set the stage by modeling what they want their children to look and behave like. You do do some training for adults that uh, may need some help on in the interpersonal skills area. If people want to get in touch with you, maybe they're a principal or a teacher, they want you to come to their class, or if they're an adult and in need of some of the kind of training you offer, what's the best way for folks to get in touch with you? They can drop me an email at bobwolf at hopeskills.com, or they can give me a phone call at my phone number, which is 516-639-5515. Bob Wolf at hopeskills.com. Don't take Bob's number down if you're going to give him a prank call. But for the rest of you, you can use his phone number with impunity. That's Bob Wolf without a knee at hopeskills.com. Bob, you've got to come back soon. (laughs) Thank you, Frank. I'd be more than happy to do that. And good luck in your new place. Thank you.